This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. My date with Barry went from bad to worse. He munched through the peanuts while I desperately tried to think of something to say. It's strange how your mind can empty itself when faced with an anthropological throwback. At last I managed. So, Barry, you're a PE teacher that must keep you fit. Bah, you're joking. I can't be doing with any of that fitness nonsense. I just tell the boys what to do and leave them to it. No, you wouldn't get me in a gym of my own free will. All those ponces prancing around. Pah. I scratch my back. You're not into that keep fit rubbish, are you? Not that you look as though you need it, I must say. You've got a lovely figure, especially for a woman of your age. I like a woman with a bit of shape, a bit of something up top, if you know what I mean. I scratched my back again. These skinny girls today, they do nothing for me. I rummaged in my bag to check that the phone was switched on. Expecting a call, are you? Uh, no, it's just that um, my mother isn't very well and I'm a bit concerned about her. I was shocked at how easily the lie came out. Or oh, wouldn't it be better if you switched it off? You're supposed to be out enjoying yourself. I'm sure your mum wouldn't want to trouble you when you're out on the town. My mother fell down and broke her hip, but she wouldn't let anyone phone me until the rugby on the telly was over. That's her mother's for you. He went to take my phone from me. I'll switch it off for you, shall I? Uh, no! I grabbed it back. No, really, you mustn't do that. I scratched my back violently. It's infuriating, isn't it? Barry said. When you get one of those itches, you just can't reach. Would you like me to scratch it for you? He started to stand up. No, really, I'm fine. Please sit down. But um, I think I need to uh, spend a penny. I'll just nip to the ladies. Don't be long. I'll be waiting for you. I was relieved when Pippa and Bear followed me in through the loo door. I've been signalling, didn't you see? Why haven't you phoned me? Alison, you've only been with him ten minutes. How can you possibly judge on such a short acquaintance? Give him a chance. A chance? Did you see him eating peanuts? Handfuls at a time. And with his mouth open. I bet he chews gum as well. In fact, he's bound to. His sort always do. That's hardly a criminal offence, Alison. Give him a bit longer. Make small talk. Get to know him better. I know he likes busty ladies and thinks that the gym is for ponces. How much more do I need to know? Well, you should still give him a bit longer. He's probably nervous, don't you think, Bev? Bev shook her head. Oh, I'm with Alice on this. Oh, Bev, that is very shallow. I'm surprised at you both. Pippa looked at Bev again. Well, I'm surprised at you, Alison. I'd have phoned you, Alice, but she wouldn't let me. Thanks, Bev. But you'll do it when I get back, Pippa. If you insist, but I still think you're making a mistake. I'd been sitting at the table for five minutes before the phone rang. Hello? Hello? Yes, Mum. No, you're not disturbing me. It's fine. Have you? Oh, dear, no. That's all right. I'll come straight away. Don't worry. I'll be with you in a jiffy. Bye. Barry looked disappointed. Said you should have turned it off, didn't I? Well, she, she is 93 and I fear she could go at any time. I would never forgive myself if I wasn't there. You do understand, don't you? Of course I do. What do you think I am? Anyway, there'll be plenty of time for us to get to know each other. I'll give you a ring, shall I? Oh, wait, I don't have your phone number. Uh, you can email me, that's fine. But you said you can't access your emails that often. Oh, often enough, don't worry. 
I fled from the pub and waited in the car until Pippa and Bev came out. We spent the rest of the evening at the nearby Plough and Partridge, where Bev told us of her latest plan. What you said that Barry said made me think of it. Alice can join a gym. There are always tasty men at gyms, and getting fit would do you good too. I agree that getting fit would do Alison good, but have you ever seen her exercising? Alison, when she is hot and sweaty, is not a pretty picture. Oh, charming! You've got to admit, a bright red shiny face and sweat marks all over your t-shirt is not a man-puller. I wasn't sweating, I was glowing. After some discussion, we came to the conclusion that watching Brad Pitt, or anybody really, working out would be rather more appealing than doing it ourselves. But Pippa and Bev, especially Bev, are still determined to find me a man. I have refused point-blank to go back on the internet. Bev said I will never find a man with this attitude, but I would prefer to die a lonely old woman than live with someone who chews with his mouth open. 14th September, Sunday. Daphne phoned. She wanted to tell me that she had got chatting to Barry after the rest of us had left last night and that she was going out with him on a proper date next Saturday and did I mind. I said I was delighted for her and that I thought Barry probably had very many good qualities I hadn't seen. I was so relieved I embellished a little, saying that Barry had commented on how unlike the me he had got to know and really like from my emails I was. She seemed pleased with that. I feel it will all have been worthwhile if two people come out of this happy. Although I am rather disappointed that one of them is not me. Just re-read last night's entry. I don't really want to die a lonely old woman. Being alone is one thing. Being lonely is quite another. 16th of September. I'm having to pluck hairs from my chin with frightening regularity. The petition on television this evening said you can get quite a good pair of tweezers for £12. I would expect an electric razor for that. Come to think of it, that might be what I will need in a year or so. Tonight I plucked a black hair a full inch long from halfway up my neck. I hope I am not mutating into a werewolf. I feel rather like a turkey, the one no one wanted at Christmas. Jowls are developing in much the same way as those dangly red bits on a turkey, too. I wonder if I was being unnecessarily harsh on Barry. Is it so bad to chew with your mouth open? He seemed to have a good relationship with his mother. Men who are kind to their mothers cannot be all bad. But I've missed the opportunity now, and I have no one to blame but myself. Mum always said I wouldn't recognise a gift horse if it kicked me. 17th of September. I put clothes in the washing machine before I left to work this morning. I came home to a flooded kitchen, and clothes not washed. I'm reluctant to call the plumber I used last year, as I suspect his opinion of me is low enough as it is. So I'm trying to find an alternative. I've phoned five numbers so far. Got three answering machines, one wife who doesn't know where her husband is, but if I find out, would I please tell her as he owes her maintenance? And one plumber who is busy from now until Christmas. There are only four more in the book, including last year's chauvinist. Plumber six could probably fit me in if I can wait three weeks, although if it's really urgent, he might be able to make that too.
Plumber 7 is not at home at the moment, but if you'd like to leave a message, he'll get back to you within a fortnight. Plumber 8 can come on Friday. He will be with me at 8.15am. I can last that long without clean clothes, but next time I must remember not to leave washing until I am desperate. But how is it that he is free to call on Friday? Is he no good? Not that not being good would necessarily make him available, as no one would know he was not any good until he had been to them, so he would be busy anyway. I wonder if there is a quality control mark for plumbers. It seems I have uncovered yet another gap in my catalogue of household wisdom. It's Brian's fault. He always took care of everything. Perhaps, no, that's a stupid thought. I cannot phone Brian. Just because we managed to converse without insults when he took Adam to university doesn't mean that he would want to talk to me about plumbers. And anyway, if I phoned, would probably get Gina and definitely do not want to speak to her. I'm sure the plumber will be fine for the purpose. It can't be that hard to mend a washing machine. 19th of September. The plumber was due at 8.15. At nine o'clock I called him. He couldn't get his van out as his road was blocked by workmen. I'll be along as soon as they finished. I called him at ten. His wife was having trouble with her car. I'll just get it going for her and then I'll be along. I called him at eleven. He's realised he needed some parts. I'm just going to the wholesalers and I'll be with you. I called him at twelve. He'd had an emergency call. Oh, lady, up to your ankles in water. Couldn't say no, could I? I called him at one, still with old lady. Could be some time. What about if we say Monday at 8.15? I felt like saying, what about tonight at 8.15? Or better still, forget it. But he is my best hope of getting the machine fixed within the next month. So I expressed my displeasure only mildly and said I'd look forward to Monday. 20th September. I took my washing to Mum's and used her machine. Dad was playing golf, and as Mum was going to see Great Aunt Millie, I said I'd go with her. Auntie Millie is the undisputed Queen of Fairy Hill. When we arrived, she was in her room, but she decided that we'd be better off in the communal lounge. She took Mum's arm, and we walked the short distance very slowly. As we entered the lounge, we heard a sharp intake of breath from Auntie Millie. She marched, rather unsteadily but very determinedly, over to a chair by the window and stood next to it, glowering. The old lady sitting in it glanced up, then looked down again quickly. She seemed to shrink in her seat. Auntie Millie began tapping her fingers on the back of the chair. The old lady shrank further. Auntie Millie's finger-tapping became louder and faster. The old lady gave up and crept out of the chair. Auntie Millie sat down and said, Honestly, it never ceases to amaze me. What does Auntie? The cheek of some people. No respect. She's only been here five minutes and she thinks she can have the best seat. Huh! You've got to earn these privileges, you know. Now, have you brought me any sausages? Uh, not this week, Auntie. I thought you might like some grapes. Now, Ruby, we need to get this sorted. Are you coming to me for Christmas as usual this year? Ruby? We thought it would be nice if you came to us this year for a change, Auntie. Mum was smiling kindly. Great Aunt Millie always goes to Mum's for Christmas. I was confused by this conversation, but especially by Mum's reaction. 
i.e. this is all perfectly normal. Auntie Millie tutted. I'm not coming if you've still got that animal. I know for sure Mummers had not had pets since Jeff and I left home, so waited eagerly for her response. No, Auntie, we had him put down last year. Brrr, nasty brute of an animal. I suppose he's still with you, though. Auntie Millie curled her lip as she emphasised he. Yes, Auntie. Phew, thought he'd be dead by now. No, he's still alive and kicking. Who is? I whispered to Mum. Your father. I was surprised at this, as Dad and Auntie Millie have always got on famously, sharing as they do a common love of wrestling. You should never have let him have that shed. Once a man's got a shed, there's no telling what he'll be up to in it. No, Auntie Millie. I knew a man who had a shed. Police never found his wife's body. She fixed me with her cloudy grey eyes. Has your husband got a shed? No, Auntie, I'm divorced, she nodded. Better that than let him have a shed. Just then, one of the nurses came over with a tray of tea and biscuits. When she'd gone, Auntie Millie said, They think they can control every part of your life, these nurses and doctors with their white coats. Do you know what they're trying to make me do? Use a contraception. Never heard the like of it. What's it to do with them? Even Mum was startled at this news and stared at me speechless. Are you sure, Auntie? I told them to mind their own business, and if I want a contraception, I will use one, but not on their say-so. Oh. They told Freddy ought to use one, too. Fred? Mum squeaked. He told them to bugger off. G good for him, I said. I looked at Mum. She had gone very pale. Have a drink of your tea, Mum. The nurse who had brought us tea was on reception when we left. OK, she smiled at us. Actually, we're rather concerned, I said, about something Auntie Millie said. I told her and she spluttered. Contraceptives? That's what she said. And she said you were trying to make Fred use them as well. The nurse was as surprised as we were and said it didn't sound very likely. But she could see we were worried so she'd make some inquiries and get back to us. On the way home in the car, Mum was very quiet. Guessed she was thinking about Auntie Millie's obviously vibrant sex life. I'm rather shocked myself. Not about the sex. For heaven's sakes, my parents have sex. By the fact that Auntie Millie is indulging in it outside of marriage. She has always been a very active member of the local Methodist church. Are you all right, Mum? You've gone a bit quiet. I was just wondering. Yes? Why, your father's never wanted a shed.